Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. What up, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall. I'm with my guys, Rowett and Robbie, to talk about ComplexCon. I didn't get to go. Rowett didn't get to go, but Robbie did make the trip to the beautiful... I did. Robbie is the most swaggiest member of our bunch, and he deserves to go. Oh, yeah. Because if there yeah. is anything about Robbie's shoe game, it's hype, and I mean that in the most respectful way. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't have enough old man shoes for me there, and I'm not talking yeah. Monarchs. But what's good, guys? How how you been? Row it, please. I was just going to say, I'm honored to be on this panel today with a fan of the best team in California when it comes to basketball and Robbie, (laughs) because my goodness, the Sacramento Kings. Oh, boy. Who would have thought game win streak and got snapped today. So whenever you hear this, just realize Trey Young did as New Yorkers think he does, which is he took away Nick's heart and took it in his hand and crushed it like a grapefruit. So yep. boo to you, sir. Well, it's funny because and as a Kings fan, you know, like this win streak is the best in like 20 years or something. Right. So like you can kind of imagine my life is people seeing you with a Kings hat and saying, ah, Kings fan, huh? And then now, like, I actually have a reason, like, to wear it. And people can be like, damn, the Kings are looking good right now. What the hell? So, I mean, I'm wearing it either way, but it's just nice to get a little bit of a different reaction from people. So. And that logo is nice. People sleep. And it's my one of my favorites for sure. Is it a lion? Yeah. Liony. Um, I mean, it's funny, Nick, you would have it would have fitted with me just fine at ComplexCon because I got many comments about how I was wearing bricks. I was wearing my pro leather Kendrick Lamar's thinking I'm in Southern California. You know, that's the thing to do. And it was not the shoe of the hour. Let me put this out there for as much hate as we have for two different lines, Kanye and Panda Dunks. Kanye and Panda Dunks were both in full (laughs) effect of ComplexCon. I saw bountiful amounts of both um that was interesting to see I, I was definitely taking note of everybody's footwear and i was the only person i saw in kobe's i wore my pj tucker kobe fives huge mistake um very uncomfortable for walking around for the amount of walking i did um and then the converse and i was very quickly one of the pickups got put on my foot both days i wind up wearing these damn green crocs for two days straight because the two shows i wore 
at various points got taken off and replaced with these. So it was a good experience uh, as a 33 year old and it being my first time. Uh, we're getting old. We're definitely aging out of uh, buying a pair a week or buying a pair from every booth. I wanted to buy so much stuff, but I had to just keep thinking you have X amount of baggage space. You have X amount of space at home. Be a grown up. Say no to drugs. Um, but it was a good time. I had a great, great, great time. I had a really a lot of fun being out there. That's awesome, man. I'm so stoked for you. I mean, I, I, I would have loved to have been able to go and, and meet up with you. And, you know, I'm I'm sure Mike would have loved to as well. But it's it's super dope because it, it, it is more like you're up your alley at this point, too. Like you have more love for a lot of those like brands that are there where I don't know, like I feel like this, the the brands that I would get ex- like uh, there was like a couple of like old school brands like Futura and neighborhood had a collab and it's like, Oh, that's interesting. Like that would be like the one thing that's most exciting to me, but it's like on the tail end of it, as opposed to being like the, you know, kind of front and center and celebrated like it used to be. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously I'm have like a history with complex and complex con. And I mean, you know, I worked the booth for StockX our first year there. You know, it was like just a great experience to like just learn that part of of the industry. But like been to ComplexCon a handful of times. It's definitely something I think everybody should check out at some point because it's it's so wild to see all of that stuff in person. And this sounds really weird, but to me, I actually think it's best for people that are not from like la new york you know portland you 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 got well maybe not portland but like la and new york you know you get this like you kind of see all those people because you just see all the people that are into these various subcultures of what we love right and so if you're from someplace away from those and you don't go to those places regularly i'm sure robbie you could probably speak to this even with your trips to new york recently right like you go and it's like, wow, all this shit that you see online is here on people like and then to do that in, at a convention like ComplexCon, it's like next level of like really seeing like what people are, are are wearing. Right. To your point, like Panda Dunks, we would we don't talk about them very frequently other than just like uh, restock of Panda Dunks again. Two years in a row, we've been talking about Panda Dunks. But then when you go and see all these people in one place, you're like, damn, like probably, you know, 20% of the people that are rocking Panda Dunks is like, it's kind of like a white on white Air Force One for this generation. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, such a cool experience. I'm super stoked that you got to go because, I, I mean, you know, it's it's on top of that, it's just cool to meet all the people. I'm sure you had the experience like going to a, an event like that when you've met people on social and on the Internet for a decade is like a game changer because you actually get to see people in person sometimes for the first time but you feel like you've known these people forever. Right. And that's like such a cool experience to me. Cause it's kind of like when we got to do the, the, you know, the sneaker history meetup in Seattle, right. It's like, we've all literally spent hours on the, on calls with each other talking for the last few years in the discord. And then all of a sudden you're like, damn, like, Oh, you're, you're way taller in person. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. You could have said it better myself. A lot, a lot, a lot to do there. Almost stimuli overload, but plenty. So do you guys want to go yeah, like the question? So, round? so like, what, what, how do we want to start, Rowan? You want to, you want to start with I one? Think let's do this. 
let's follow the format as best we normally do, which is what did you rock? What did you cop? And then from there, we'll segue into highs, lows and in-betweens, because I think for me, I'm looking forward to reliving Complex Con through you as my avatar of Hunter S. Thompson when it comes to the (laughs) sights, sounds, feels, touches, tastes, all of it. Just fear and loathing in Los Angeles is what I'm looking forward to from uh, Robbie just, here today. I'm going to just pause right there and say we are the only sneaker podcast in the history of sneaker podcasts with a reference to Hunter S. Thompson. I'm confident in saying that. Unless we've done it before. Oh, I'm, I'm killing it for the 60 and 75 demographic here. This, so that's why I'm here. To, to truly make sure that when advertisers listen to this, we are covering all demographics. So if you want us to pump out commercials for sneaker cleaners got you you want us to do it for depends and i'm not just talking about the baby diapers we got you as well (laughs) medicare obamacare whatever you need we can sell it we will not be bogarting without r and that's what my (laughs) name starts with (laughs) we will not be bogarting the information another old person reference no um man i mean so i brought up the fact that my shoes were bricks in 2022 and Long Beach, no one likes Kobe anymore, apparently. Kidding. A lot of Laker fans out there. But um, no, I, I kid you not. So this Salihe Croc, um, my second pair in about as many months, in two months. And these were commonly on my foot all weekend. Um, his, not his specifically, but Crocs had two big presents. They had uh, their individual booth where Salihe was for a bit. He actually gave me a solid five minutes of his life and had a pretty darn good conversation. And he likes my mustache. It was a joke because I was like, if you're coming from the Pacific Northwest, you must have mustache. Um, and, you know, he was showing off a pair of new balances that are coming out, I believe, in the next couple months. I'm not familiar with the model off the top of my head, but looks like fuzzy soft pink and some purple on there. Um, I can't think of the model name. I had to like tip my brain and it just won't hit. But uh, he was hanging out. They had nine different colors of the Salihe Croc, I think. That's every one released so far or oh, wow. damn near close to it if you have nine. And in just about full size runs, uh, I got there about two and a half hours into the first day and I was still able to secure. I had two different options in my size 11 that of the colors that I liked um, while on site. So that was really cool to get a in store or I guess in convention cop. Their line was also one of the longest, if not the longest to consistently get into because um, everybody is loving the croc. And, you know, I watched a, a, a documentary about him. I didn't know until recently that he did the Cole Haan stuff. I knew about the Yeezy brand stuff. Uh, and just seeing his evolution to where, like, everybody's messing with this thing. Like, LeBron wears a pair of these. and he, He's a lifelong Nike member. Salih Hay is a part of LeBron's Spring Hill group, I believe, also, or in some fashion. But LeBron, a lifer, is wearing this damn shoe. So that's insane. And then the Foot Locker front, they had Ron English, um, artist, cartoonist, on-site signing pairs and like hanging out in their booth too. Their whole theme was um, intergalactic Ron English type stuff. So I got these really cool fuzzy pink slip-on Crocs. Uh, now the third different style I have from then. Again, a sentence I never thought I would say. No, four pairs. I have the original Croc. I have four different styles of Croc now. Um insane but uh yeah foot locker hooked me up with these thank you so much but like this 
and this are popular and were being purchased. Like these were also being purchased on site. Like these were moving units at ComplexCon in 2022. And what kind of weird world are we living in to where Foot Locker and Crocs and Crocs and Salihe are two booths moving units? That's I feel, awesome. I feel like that uh, that Ron English one, like when you posted it, I was like, damn, it looks like it, it basically looks like if Bill Walton designed a Croc. Yes, very much so. Bill say, Walton's messing with these. I was going to say the 2022 version of Lisa Frank, but I do like the Bill Walton <laughs> shout out. They were great. Um, so, I mean, on the flip side, so both of those booths were, you could kind of see what was going down. You had to walk into the Foot Locker to get like the experience, but you could tell from the outside it was extraterrestrial. Crocs is very croc and wide open. But Union LA had a huge presence and just a big white wall that said Union boxed in. You could not see what was in there. And they had an probably a neck and neck line with um Salihe Crocs and um Sprudge. I believe that's what I should be calling it, right? Is that the brand um Spruce? Oh, the Salihe Croc has um, co-branded bags. Uh, I think it's called Sprudge. You know what I'm talking about? Stretch with an S. I thought um, it was Spruce. A, Spruce? But then yeah, I think it might be Spruce. too. And if um, you guys can, if, if we're pronouncing it wrong, you can find us at Mike Guillory on major sneaker platforms and you can correct us there. Yeah, please. Let's let us know in the comments at Mike Guillory. Um, they had... Uh, a lot of openness, but the union, you could not see what was going on until you got in there. And once you were, it was very cool art install, uh, like five different little installs in one area. The coolest being a popular trend of a mix of hip hop, sports, video games, um, and like a fake bedroom motif, like poster style with everything. They had a pair of union dunks there. Looks really, really cool. Like what a extremely rich and hip um kid from like 2002 was living like very very cool but the clothing so there wasn't any, there weren't any shoe options they didn't have any any union jordans or any collabs and that's fine you don't have to at every booth but just really expensive clothing and retro motifs and i feel like that was a pigeonhole a lot of companies put themselves in to with various degrees we all have Instagram listeners. You have social media. You've scrolled down your feed. Name an artist you like. Close your eyes and you can find a T-shirt of it in a retro format right now. It could actually be old. It could be fucking Billie Eilish, who's popular right now. And that gave her like an, an Aaliyah looking T-shirt for Billie Eilish. You know what I mean? Like those things are very just cool now. And, and I get it because it is cool. So it's just growing and it's like... It's a weird phenomenon, I think, because for so long, those things were cool because you could find them at like a thrift shop for like 20 bucks at max for like, oh, I found this really great throwback um, Judas Priest T-shirt for eight dollars sick. And then you have Harley Davidson and Neighborhood releasing like a hundred dollar T-shirts with Thunderbolt Harley Davidson logos on the front and a couple brands I really liked. I mean, the PSG install, um, Paris Saint Germain um, with Vendi, the artist collab that's kind of umbrelling over ComplexCon. 
I bought one of those t-shirts and it was $65. And it's just like, ah, it wasn't Jordan. It wasn't a Nike dry fit. That's why I did it. I like checked to see like it was actually like made outside of the Nike umbrella. I was like, I'm not paying $65 for a Jordan dry fit. And luckily it was not. But still, you know what I'm talking about, though? There's like so many things right. now are just like elevated things that we grew up loving, which is all kind of why we're here and why ComplexCon continues to evolve and exist. But at the same time, how many 50 to $150 throwback T-shirts can you put in one room? And it's like fucking piranhas. It's like they're all trying to eat out of the same thing. And so like a couple chicken bones in there and we're the chicken bone. I'm the chicken bone. And it's like, yeah, very, very weird in that sense. How Union really kind of just like leaned into that. I feel like. Do, do you think like, so was it, was it actually Union branded clothes? Like, is it their line or is it like a mix yeah, of they stuff did, they carry? They didn't do like. They didn't do like um, the artist representation and Harley Davidson graphic tees wouldn't be a great description of what they were selling. They were just selling throwback looking things with union logos on a union brand like Kith, right? Yeah. I think that's what the push might have really been to have their in their inline stuff really be showcased at Complex. And that's great. But as someone who already was wearing like three fourths Kith in there and i like a couple other brands there's no room for union originals at that price point which was a very high price point and it's like ah some of this i like but like i 60 dollar like for this hoodie i don't 360 dollar like for that hoodie yeah (laughs) yep oh man Um, i mean it's it's, let me get this out though okay just um, on that same kind of wavelength of not having to have shoes. Um, Jay Balvin, he had a whole booth out there with his little. Um, uh, uh, it looks like Kid Robot, but he has a little action figure. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who makes it. I, I didn't really take stock in who the collab of who's making the action figure. But they had his action figure, um, the Jay Balvin Monopoly board, which I bought. Rowett will be playing that at Monopoly uh, Thanksgiving tomorrow. Hopefully we'll open up the Jay Balvin board, play some Monopoly and a full and I mean hefty full size run both days of the Jay Balvin twos and matching Jordan brand jackets uh, like varsity jackets and. Um, Kind of insane price point on that too, but every varsity jacket's at a higher price point. So like not going to knock Jordan brand for that. That kind of comes with the territory of the garment, but super excited and was super happy to see that because um, if they had my size 12, I would have bought a size there, but they just, it was gone before I got there and that's okay. Um, But to see like a brand entity artists um, like J Balvin and Jordan brand show up kind of on the sneaky and just have all that inventory there. I saw everybody from like eight year olds literally trying on the size four and a half J Balvin two and walking around the booth. Like it's a foot locker to like people, my age to people older than me and their fifties, like enjoying and buying the J Balvin two and like interacting with the glowing tongue. And just like, if you haven't seen that shoe before, or like Nick was saying, you've never seen it in person, 
you know, you're from a part of the world or part of the U.S. where it's like no one's wearing the J Balvin too because maybe that's not Indiana Steve's or whatnot. Uh, I've seen it five, six times in Portland. I like it every time. That's why I wanted to buy it. But so many people having genuine oh shit reactions to like the jacket and the shoes lighting up and this like the whole the dancing Monopoly guy. He was like crumping and stuff. He's having a really good time. Wait, um, Uncle Moneybags was there. Uncle Holy Moneybags man, was there. Now, hit, now hit I the have crazy. He was hitting it. And that's why I bought the Madonna, uh, that's why I bought the Monopoly board. But yeah, so like Union, not having the shoes and having other stuff, little under successful comparatively. But then you had like Jordan Brand and J Balvin, like here's what we've done recently. Here's a lot of it. If you want it, it's here. Um, and I mean, size literally four and a half all the way up to like 15. Like they had size runs. Yeah, that's um, pretty dope. The 12 was popular and 12 always goes fast in those kind of shoes, you know, Jordan basketball things bigger feet people like myself and nick typically wear but that was really cool i, lo- I love that jacket i don't know if i would wear it because it's just a little too oh right it's 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 but tough it's, so yeah, it's nice, like a pastel man. yeah uh, very very cool um actually just not to just keep dominating but i'm the one that went i'm sorry um, i so i so i so yeah, right i so um high screen pick and roll um uh what really i just wanted to kind of touch on this so i was talking shit about you know the the retro t-shirt and the retro stuff uh that kind of parlays into another very polarizing subgenre of sneakers which is like the authentic bootleg sneaker uh mcdowell's brand was they, okay they had a great install you they had a, a visual like their booth you could see it from a mile away and you kind of walked into it like it was a locker room and then it was like a very tight stock room in that space in the back. Um, so it felt like you were in, I sent you guys a photo. There's like a, a whiteboard with like uh, motivational stuff and you're kind of weaving through shoes, but you look on the wall and listeners, if you Google it, or if you have Instagram, look it up, the McDowell's Mac attack, uh, the McDowell's brand Mac attack, the um, John McEnroe shoe from like what? 86, I believe something like that. 86, 87. Um, Okay, time out. Did you know that we have an entire network of podcasts? That's right. It's called the Retrospect Podcast Network, and it includes a number of shows that you might like if you're enjoying this one. First up is for the F1 fans. Exhaust Notes is a Formula One podcast that's the perfect balance for the new fans joining the sport and the tried-and-true diehard F1 fans who've been there all along. New episodes of Exhaust Notes drop every Tuesday on all of your favorite podcast platforms and at exhaustnotes.fm. We've also got a show for the fitted hat collectors out there called Crown & Stitch. As a baseball fan, I've been obsessed with hats for as long as I can remember, and the number of people collecting now has gone through the roof. It reminds me of sneakers back in the day, and I absolutely love seeing creativity of the new releases. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode of Crown & Stitch on all of your favorite podcast platforms and on YouTube at youtube.com slash crownandstitch. If you follow me personally on social platforms at Nick Engvall, you probably already know I first dipped my toes in the podcast game back in 2015 with a show called Outside the Box. Originally hosted by my friends Brandon Edler and Jacques Slade, it eventually evolved into a show with Tiffany Beers, Jacques Slade, and myself, and then into an interview series with some amazingly creative guests. While the show has gone through a lot of changes throughout the years, and it's currently on hiatus, a lot of people have been enjoying past episodes recently, and I'm excited to say I have new episodes in the works for the new year. We'll be adding new podcasts to the Retrospect Network in the coming months as well. In fact, if you'd like to advertise on any of the shows, be a guest on any of the shows, or even talk to us about getting your own podcast started, reach out to us at podcast at sneakerhistory.com. And find out more about the podcast network at retrospectpodcast.com.
he's never making that shoe again or if they do they're not calling it the mac attack and mcdowell's brand had that option for people and it was doing very well um the not jordan one which is like it was just funny thinking about that as people were also unanimously and collectively complaining about the lost and found one release because it was that same day earlier that day and Anything you complain about, like the Lost and Found Air Jordan 1, like you can't get it. Only the good colors go away. Um, the materials were good this time, so I wanted it. Yada, yada, yada. All those things that make that shoe elusive and others. Jordan's elusive. McDowell's brand will give you on this on the spot. Material, materials were premium. Colorways were on point. Shape was like everything you want. Um, but, but I was talking to a friend about it, and it's like ordering a... a, a you're like a huge carnivore. You love meat and you order a, a huge ass Philly cheesesteak and they give you a vegan chili cheese, a Philly cheesesteak. And you're like, ah, you know, it's, I know this has all the stuff that I like about it, but like my fundamental thing that I wanted was a big meaty bite of cheesesteak. And this is vegan and it's not the same. And I'm sorry, there's nothing wrong with your vegan, but it's not what my mouth wants. And it's like, that's what will always keep those shoes back for me. I don't care if you wear fakes or whatever they, whatever they're marketed as, but fundamentally those damn good looking Jordan ones are not Jordan ones. So they're fundamentally vegan meat when I was looking for a cheesesteak and I just will never pull the trigger. Personally, I will not. One. I couldn't dude. I couldn't, I couldn't get the Borden one. Um, <laughs> but their clothing, um, their retro t-shirts, their Jordan um kobe stuff they had a lot of other styles so good uh the jordan unc shorts sold out right away i couldn't get a pair of those i was trying but yeah, every garment good. they were making oh my god so good like mcdowell's brand go buy some i got in an argument with the booth person working there because i wore a large and the guy was telling me go a size down we purposely fool fool everybody by messing our sizes up if you're a large by a medium if you're an xl by a large it'll fit right no returns i was hesitant i get back home i try it on i was like god damn it think i was right a medium is a perfect <laughs> large so keep that in mind do not buy your true size go a size down but just I was like say, amazing you essentially found the dumb starbucks of apparel because they seemingly were only put on this earth to troll. And by the way, your comment about that's not what my mouth wants. Probably the best. That's what she said. Joke we've ever had in the history of sneaker history. <laughs> that's not that's not what my mouth wants. But, you know, this is what my heart wants. This is a great hey. looking heavy cotton fits perfectly for a medium. Fuck, I would never have thought that. But like this is the swap meat T-shirt that used to be eight dollars at the uh, 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 the Rose Bowl fucking swap meet right now it's just like yeah a lot more money for that but it's really good i'll do a whole review of stuff i bought uh in the coming day maybe after some thanksgiving drinking who knows most likely on friday but a uh, couple goodbyes but yeah this i had to i had to finish with this thought in that same blurb if i'm gonna talk crap about graphic t-shirts being expensive and stupid and i bought a really good one that wasn't stupid so <laughs> sorry <laughs> I mean, and I rent. think it, it is kind of interesting because, like that, the McDowell's brands. I think we should just call call the show, Nick. It was just I felt like I was there, like the sights, <laughs> the sounds. Robbie, did you run into anybody that either recognized you and was like, "Oh my God, are you Robbie from Sneaker History?" Like, oh God, can I get no. a shout out. And thank goodness, I um, mean, thank goodness, no. Um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, what's, I mean, Joe LaPuma's worth it. He's a handsome ass dude. <laughs> like the complex people were being followed around like they were Kanye. And, you know, you put the work in and you work at the right place. Complex, complex, that's the joke there. Um, that, should, that should happen. Um, but no, thank God, uh, not one person even batted an eye at me. And that's the way I like to operate, honestly. I have sunglasses on the entire time, too. I had sunglasses and a hat on because my eyes were like barely open. So I was really <laughs> tired. Um, so I was like, yeah, sunglasses on the whole. True, true L.A. style, you know? Very, very yeah, I was true. Say, you, you truly are a celebrity because that's a veteran celebrity move where you don't want to be recognized. You don't want to give the little folk like us the time of day. So I'm glad <laughs> you were able to take this interview without sunglasses. I raise, I raise my nose to you small people. Um, I think speaking of us small people, got to see the Clippers play <laughs> and Kawhi Leonard played. I got to see him in person. Never seen Kawhi in person. Seen many teams he's played on without him being active but i bring him up because they had a huge basketball install and zach levine was a hundred percent more on the shit and um and jamal murray Kawhi was on there but there was more <laughs> guys with more personality if i'm being honest on more of the do balance stuff though Kawhi is definitely the bigger player the biggest player um on that <laughs> on that payroll they had a whole 550 kind of like denver nuggets vibe i liked them of the 550 colorways i thought they looked cool didn't see one person buy them they had the two-way v3 which i thought was a Kawhi leonard shoe it is not a Kawhi leonard shoe um but again this kind of cool colorway but like uh a big install too where they had like basketball bleachers and an area to like hang out and the shoes out there and they had like Kawhi's a uh, Mr. Basketball trophy or a replica of it from California and like little cute trinkets like that behind a fake um, display case. But like no one's was messing with that 550. I think unless it's an ALD or, you know, a coveted collab, nobody's batting an eye at those shoes. And it was kind of a bummer. How is the Jack Harlow presence in the new balancing? And I only say that because when I do watch games on the traditional ESPN and like TNT channels, I get bombarded with that Jack Harlow, Kawhi Leonard commercial. So I'm wondering, is he the one B to Kawhi's one A? But now based on what you're telling me, Kawhi might be three based on complex con presence alone. That is definitely the vibe I was getting. And I'm super happy you brought up, brought up that Jack Harlow. I saw a commercial for it recently and they've been running that commercial for a hot minute. Like that thing is just like, we, I don't know. They're like, Oh, we paid these people one time. Like keep running it. Like we're not, we're not paying anybody again for a while. Let's just keep doing this. If I can uh, make a point, sneakers have a very beautiful organic relationship with rappers in their commercials, like AI and Jada kiss push T and Dame. Uh, I think styles P did one for Kevin Garnett. I think it is hilarious that the rapper that we associated with Kawhi Leonard is Jack Harlow. And most importantly, there's not a single bar that was spit by Jack Harlow in that. So that, in my mind, automatically moves it to the bottom of the rapper sneaker collaborations in terms of commercials. So kudos to you, New Balance. You understood the assignment when it comes to representing Kawhi Joseph Leonard. Don't even know if that's his middle name. (laughs) I mean, Kawhi Kawhi is, is still like... I find it like super entertaining that he's obviously on on the court. He has the skills to deserve like a signature shoe, right? 
but the personality thing, I think it's hilarious, but it's not like a sustainable marketing approach, right? It's funny for like a year or two when you're like, you know, making fun guy t-shirts and, and making like board man gets paid t-shirts and stuff like that. But like the shoes haven't evolved enough either. So you have like essentially like this same kind of overarching lack of story between the footwear and the apparel for Kawhi, which, yeah, like I thought that there would be more kind of mixing up some of these guys that they have on the, on the squad now, as far as like the, you know, endorsees, but it is kind of interesting that they're still kind of doing that. Although I, I do think now that I'm saying all that, it kind of does make sense that Kawhi would be a little bit behind a little bit like pushed to the back for complex con because he's so almost anti everything complex con, you know, is not only that to your point, the board man gets paid board fans don't pay. So like that tells you everything you need to know about Kawhi Leonard. And I think he's going to be a very interesting case going forward where 10, 15 years after his career is done, I would love to understand what is his place in the historical legacy of the sport, because he's truly done some amazing things. He's the only player I can think of that has ended at least three to four dynasties on his own. Like I've made the analogy that he is the basketball version of Jamie Lannister because he's the Kingslayer. And it is going to be really interesting to me to see people cape for him in the future, because I don't know if people are going to be able to do it properly without being laughed out of the room. And so much of his persona is tied to this fact that I don't want to do anything flashy or remotely marketing. It's going to hurt him because he's probably picked the worst era to try this type of meta Nathan Fielder type narrative. So it's a it's a fascinating topic. Thank you for indulging me on that. No, of course. And I mean, Paul George was getting more shots, too. Just kind of end that kind of end that thought like Paul George is there it's like you know talking to a girl talking you know whatever relationship is but you're talking to somebody and like one person's dogging you and one person's giving you attention and is there like the person giving you attention and is there is gonna be the more liked and Paul George was getting a lot of love in that Clippers and, and Staples so um you know, there's just a lot of love ultimately, I think, in Complex Con. That that was a real benefit. Uh not a lot of how really would there be a lot of negativity now I think about it. But just uh I mean a few years ago, like people were fighting over dunk releases. So Yes, okay, you're you are correct. None of that and I think they wisened they complex con wisened up to that maybe. Um because yeah, there was nothing nothing like that happening. Um, yeah, I mean, as, Robbie, as the kids say, the vibes were immaculate. I hate that saying, but speaking uh, of vibes and being immaculate, what would have been your dream booth this year? If you could cultivate a booth or an insult around a particular product or a particular brand, what would that have been for uh, you? Dude, I kid you not. It was, it was Crocs there. I mean, <laughs> only because like, you know, they had the product, they had the look, they had the person behind why they're cool there on site. Um, that's that's personally if I'm what do you go to do any like what do you go to live events for? Right. You, you want to have an experience different than what you can get watching on from your couch or shopping from your iPad on your couch, whatever you're doing. And Crocs really did. Make, uh, felt like I was having a little experience. 
I keep stopping because like, I just said that about Crocs. Like, what the fuck? Like, what <laughs> is happening? Um, we joked about this. I feel like in my first year about doing an episode around Crocs history, we've spoken this into existence is essentially what I'm taking out of this episode. Yeah, like, basically. Croc history <laughs> is coming. Yeah. Or R&D, your, baby. I mean. Yeah. I was just going to say, put your Crocs in, what is it, sport mode? Hold on to your hats. It's going to be a fun episode, I'm sure. Well, I mean, it gives me hope. As I, I saw a lot of people wearing Salehi New Balances, um, you know, he revitalized and by himself, other collaborators too, helped revitalize New Balance to where they had a booth at ComplexCon. I know he would three. You think four years ago they would have had any kind of foothold to like and have people with interest in a New Balance booth at ComplexCon? They would not. Um, so Crocs. And I think it really is Salihe. Like he got me and other people to wear dress shoes that we don't even like. He got people to wear new balances that would never wear new balance. And now they keep wearing new balances. They got he got people to wear Crocs. You know, it gives me hope that like not everything. There doesn't have to be a Drake relationship like Drake Nocta thing with everybody where it's just like one artist, one brand, one name one outlook one type of product and that's nothing against drake and nike but like that sums up what they do together and what nike does with so many people let's lock them up let's lock them up so they're all ours and we're gonna collaborate with them we're gonna put their name on everything we're gonna make so much money or you have someone like salihe who's probably done five different projects in 10 years and each one of them's good keeps it revitalized like I don't know. I think that's the way more brands need to work after seeing the last you know, three years of the new balance and croc thing with him. Like do short term, do LeBron contracts, do two year contracts and then go somewhere else. Like Frank Cook, he's got um, hired as the industry, not Frank Cook, Frank Cooker, Coker. I'm saying his name wrong. Pardon me. Um got hired as the head of uh creative at shoe palace like he's worked at jordan brand wish um so many different avenues in footwear that keep his outlook fresh and why people want to keep hiring him because he keeps seeing the new different thing like the new different thing is okay and i think that's also what kind of took away from complex con too was a lot of different stuff that may not have been for me but like it's different and it's okay and there's a lot of other people in the room and it's like there's room for different stuff. Very long winded way of saying that. Yeah. Well, that's said. okay. Last question. Did you see a revival of the big dog brand? Because anything is possible. Oh, <laughs> no big dog. LRG. Okay. There was an LRG booth though. And I was like, Oh shit. LRG is like a Phoenix. And true religion booth too. So that was my second one. True religion too. <laughs> anything is possible. Um, yeah, those two particulars. Everything else was kind of young and expectantly hip or hip and unexpected. And you don't really know the brand. Um, but yeah, True Religion and LRG are like, huh, they let you geezers in here, huh? <laughs> uh, okay, so, well, like, so True Religion was on. Let me say, like, you know this because you brought it up. True Religion was such a huge part of streetwear fashion. Like anybody who thought they were making money or thought they were cool and either music art like street like footwear you wore a pair of stupid ass true religions and you thought they were so cool so like yeah they deserve to be there when i phrase it like that <laughs> but it's like 
weird to think about. Nothing pairs better with my Ed Hardy collection than True Religion, so I thank <laughs> See, you for that. That's the funny thing, but the footwear was a crispy that that person wearing that Ed Hardy stupid t-shirt in True Religions also had a crispy <laughs> pair of like lightnings on or something like so they had some heat and it's like the clothing was dumb but the the footwear was immaculate like <laughs> so as true. says someone who did it <laughs> all right i know we said last question but in the name of uh our our bringing on these things and and just putting it out into the universe burrito history oh. i'm just putting it out there but I don't. I don't expect you to have eaten a burrito at ComplexCon. But I do know that the food at ComplexCon, shout out to First We Feast, had to have been amazing. So what? What do you? Eat? I did have a burrito. Yes. And contrary to what you just said, it was no good. Um, it was it's only because it was a Panda Express collab, <laughs> and I knew it was Panda Express going into it. I was feeling I, I had a couple of Modellos and I was like, all right, let's see what's up with this. It was lo mein and orange chicken and a scallion wrap with like a sauce. I ate half of it and threw it away. My fat ass is thrown so few of dishes away that I've paid for in public and I did it there. Um, but I had a fantastic slice of pizza from uh there's like a eater pizza competition show. I can't think of the name of it right now, but fire slice of pizza. I had uh, uh, with, da uh, with Danden uh, from the discord. I brought him with me on day two. We got these uh, um, pretty much crispy cream donuts filled with very delicious cookie monster ice cream. So it was hot dough glazed oh dough with cold ice cream. And the piece de resistance was the $25 uh, lobster roll, which is stupid expensive for a lobster roll, but she was overflowing. She, that lobster roll had easily. <laughs> she dummy thick. She, she read and that lobster was, it was thick. It was bountiful. It had salty butter, crispy like bread. Really good. Not $25 good, but that's, with the territory, be it complex no, con I, I or Disneyland. Say, this is whatever. a bit of a flex, so apologies in advance. $25 is probably the cheapest I've ever heard for a lobster roll, but I've only had lobster roll in Cape Cod, and that'll be the most Republican thing I say all episodes. So thank you guys for that. Yeah, how was Martha's Vineyard? I'm kidding. Um, uh, that's exactly where I had it, and it was delicious, but it was $34. Damn, they got you. for that. Yeah, Southern California then did show the love. But I mean, no, nothing was egregious. And above all, I had a great time. So that's awesome. More to come. I got so much more. I have to post on sneaker history. So when I annoy everybody on that feed, just know for once in my life, I attentively took photos and I will be utilizing that because I can count the amount of times I've been attentive at something on one hand. So make it a real too. So yeah. that way we continue to follow the youth into the next generation. Exactly. Make it real. So I know it's real. <laughs> yep. Uh, right on, man. I'm I'm glad that you got to go. Um, good to good to hear you had a good time, and uh, yeah, make sure you follow at Sneaker History and also follow Robbie. Let them know how they can find you. You can find me at R A H B E E seven zero two. Rowan, how about yourself? 
You can follow me on Twitter for God knows how much longer at Rohizi and on Instagram. And I just signed up for a new one called Hive because I desperately am going to need a Twitter fix whenever Twitter's down and Hive seems to be it. Also at Row at M13. Nick, how about yourself? All right. Well, at Nick Ingvall, obviously on Twitter, as long as that lasts and uh, pretty much everywhere else, too. So uh, looking forward to, to checking out this new new platform and looking forward to seeing Robbie's the rest of Robbie's photos from ComplexCon. We appreciate all of you rocking with us, listening, tuning in. Leave us a review if you haven't already. Hit that follow button on Spotify. If you're on YouTube watching this, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment, especially if you went to ComplexCon. So maybe next year we can actually connect with you in person. Thanks for supporting. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.